Welcome to the Valley Church. Our mission is to see changed lives, and we hope this relevant teaching inspires you to take the next step in your spiritual journey. Thanks for checking out the podcast and enjoy the message. Hey, we're, I'm so excited because we're starting a new sermon series in two weeks called, Is That Really in the Bible? Hey, have you ever been just reading through God's Word and you're like, what, where'd that come from? What, like, what's God trying to teach me? That, that's so crazy. Why is that even in here? Well, we're going to take a look at four stories in God's Word. You're like, I'm not sure why that's here, and I'm not sure what God's trying to teach me in this. And it isn't just possible that some of the crazy stories that end up in the Bible are crazy for a reason, maybe because they'll get our attention in ways that otherwise God wouldn't get. So join us for this series. There are some invitation cards if you're here in the room with me uh, on your chairs. We would love for you to use those to invest and invite people. If you're online, uh, you can share. Uh, they're all kind of shareables, Facebook, and you can share the video. And I want to encourage you to invite a friend. This is a great series. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's a great series to invite somebody to begin this journey with you. You know, uh, I, I just want to remind all of us that all of us have the responsibility to invest in people's lives around us, whether they're friends, family, co-workers, whatever it might be, and then invite them on the journey. Invite them to Christ, invite them to church, invite them on the journey. So I'm putting this in your hands, and uh, let's have a great series. Again, that doesn't start next week. It starts the week after. Can't wait to get a good start on that. Well, I want to take a few minutes with you and just share the new normal here at the Valley Church. And I don't remember if I said it or not, but uh, I'm Andy, one of the pastors here at the Valley Church. And, uh, you know, we're in a new normal. Have you noticed that? Some people have asked me, when's it going to go back to normal? There is a new normal. It's not going back to normal. It uh, doesn't mean it's going to be topsy-turvy forever. It's fascinating. Um, we have, you know, when we uh, started this coronavirus, about 90% of people were attending on campus and 10% were online, and then it suddenly reversed, and it was 100% online, and, and we didn't have the campuses, the physical campuses open. Uh, when we first came back, there were about 30% that came on campus, and now we're about 50-50. Last week, about 50% came on campus, and 50% came online. Now, uh, it's fascinating. We, we really expect that actually to shift even again October 4th, uh, the kids will be coming back on campus for those who are comfortable. And uh, by the way, there's limited space, so you'll have to register for the kids. Again, we're trying to do everything we can in a safe way. And uh, so you can register your kids to come on campus. And we think that'll probably be uh, another shift of about 75% on campus and maybe 25-30% online. And, and that's okay. We're okay with that shift. We're okay because that it's, it, it, if there are a lot of people have told me, you know, I've got somebody that, that's in my home that's vulnerable, and I want you to know we, we want you to protect those people in your family. What's fascinating, this week, this week, we had, <laughs> this week we've had a lot of stuff happen. Uh, we had actually three people come down with coronavirus just in our tech team. We almost couldn't pull off first service. And uh, so we have, because we've done things in a safe way, and, and just been reasonable about things, and thank you for being that kind of a church. We've been able to, to continue to have services, and, and we really haven't had a confirmed case of coronavirus. That's all shifted now, just in one particular area. We were about fourth deep on a sound guy and almost didn't make it in, uh, for the iCampus. We did. So uh, that's kind of the crazy moments we're in. But you know what? I'm good with the new normal in, in a sense that we have greatly expanded our ability to reach people online. 
through Facebook and YouTube and the iCampus, through on-demand uh, services, through the podcast we now have of the sermons. It, it just, it's, it's amazing how that has really expanded and allowed us to reach people we otherwise wouldn't have. That part of the new normal I love. The other part of the new normal that has me a bit concerned, I'll just tell you, as, a, as your pastor and as even looking at my own spiritual life, is the new normal that says we're disengaged from each other in some sense. I have never been more disengaged from other believers probably than my 24, 25 years, 26 years here at the Valley Church. It's just what it is, right? And for a while, that's, that's what happened when we were all at home. But I really believe that if we let that become the new normal, we're going to move backward, not only individually in our spiritual journeys individually, but also as a church. You see, it takes, it takes all of us doing life with other believers to grow. And when you don't do life with other believers, you know what I've discovered? When I don't do it, and when other people don't do it, they come to me and they, they'll let me know. You know what? It was about this time I began to go backward in my spiritual journey. I'm, I'm challenging all of us to begin to re-engage with each other. And uh, I think the best way to do that is in groups. And you say, well, we're still in the middle of coronavirus. I want you to know that we, we safely can meet in groups spread out. We also can meet on Zoom. And uh, I'm going to be leading an alpha group. And I'm willing to, I don't know if that's going to actually be in person or on Zoom. I'm okay either way. Because you know what? I, I've discovered I need other people just like you do. And if we don't selectively re-engage with each other. I believe we're going to move backward, not only in our own lives, but I believe the church isn't going to move forward and accomplish what God has called us to accomplish. So as your pastor, I'm, in, I'm challenging you to selectively re-engage. And what I mean by that is, hey, during this time, hadn't it been wonderful, the margin, the extra margin in your life? Hasn't it felt so good? not to be run ragged. That's the part none of us want to go back to being run ragged, being overworked, having our schedule too full. I don't want that for you either. That's why I say selectively re-engage. Find a group, whether it's a live group, ladies Bible study, whether it's the new alpha group where we answer the big questions of life in those groups, whether you do a one-on-one study, a journey study with somebody, I want you to know under community life on the app, you can, you can select any one of those and join a group. And I'm going to encourage every one of us to be engaged in that way this fall so that not only will you grow spiritually, but that the church will move forward in the mission. You see, that's what it's going to take. That's the new normal we find ourselves in, and uh, it's both good and can be, uh, it can be bad if we don't, make, if, if we don't make, take the steps forward that we need to take. Well, you know, we've been in a four-week sermon series called Bringing Heaven Down to Earth. And uh, I'm going to ask, uh, or actually have you turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. That's where we're going to be looking at today. And uh, if you're using the version on your phone, I'll tell you, it's the best way to get the scripture, all the fill in blanks, and everything happening at the valley all in one place. So just text TVC app to 77977, and in there it'll tell you how to get the version. And uh, Or you can pull your Bible out. So I'd love for you to follow along, because this is like really good stuff. It, it really is. Now, Paul says this. He says, once you're engaged in Christ, once you've got a relationship with him, he uses a phrase called in Christ. He says, when you're in Christ, that means you're in this all-consuming, passionate relationship with God. You, you're, you're obeying him 100%. You're, 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 you're all in. I'm not saying you're perfect in your walk, but you're all in with him. He says, when you're all in, it's going to lead to actions in your life that, that are more than just head nods. It's going to lead to obedience that's more than just a head nod. It's going to lead to an obedience in your life that, 
that leads to action. And, and specifically, there are some actions that Paul lays out for us that line up with what the kingdom of God is all about. And so I want to take a look at that. Once we're in Christ, we're to have a new view. Once we're in Christ, we have a new view of the world. We see things differently. When I was, uh, when I was uh, called to go to Nazarene Bible College in Colorado, I remember we packed the kids, and uh, I was going to say in the U-Haul, but we packed them in the minivan, and we packed the U-Haul, and we headed out to Colorado. 24-hour drive, like a long way with three kids, you know, three young kids. And I remember going through most of this countryside from Ohio to, uh, to Colorado was flat. It was farmland. It was, there were a few hills and dales, but not much. But when we got to Kansas, what, what was, no, it was totally flat in Kansas. There wasn't anything except a few tumbleweeds. I did manage to find one and grab one and bring it home for Christmas one year. That, that was fun. But it was flat. You couldn't see anything. You couldn't even see a landmark. You didn't know where you were at. I remember crossing into Colorado, the first few miles into Colorado, same thing. Like, it, it was just flat. But I remember as we kept driving and we're going west, all of a sudden there was this cloud in front of me. It looked like a mountain. It, it, was, it looked like a cloud, though. And I thought, this is just a cloud, but it looked like a mountain. But the closer I got, the more I began to realize it really was a mountain. It was Pike's Peak. And, it, and as we drove toward it, it just got bigger and bigger and bigger. And then behind it, all of a sudden, we could begin to see the Rockies. And it just got, it was huge. It was glorious. I mean, it was majestic. It was just, it was just, and then I look out the back window, the rearview mirror again, and, and flat, nothing. <laughs> I think that those difference of views, the rearview mirror versus the front windshield, is what Paul's talking about when you come into a relationship with Jesus Christ. It will change your view. It should change your view of a couple things. And, and I want to I see what Paul has to say about how our view has to change it, when we're in the kingdom of God, how our view has to be different. And so look what Paul says. He says, first, you're going to see Jesus in a new way. You, it, it all starts with seeing Jesus in a new way. He says, so from now on, we regard no one, not a, no one from a worldly point of view. Rather, it says, though we once regarded Christ in this way, we no longer do so. You see, the reality is that all of us see Jesus at one point in our life as just a baby, as weak, as not really God, as not worthy of, our, of kingship in our life. We, come to a, we reject Him. It, it, the Bible says unilaterally all of us do that, and Throughout time, people have seen Jesus just from a worldly point of view. And he was born as a baby. And you think, weak. And, and Paul felt that way. You see, Paul had this conversion experience where he experienced God. But before then, Paul was killing Christians. Why? Because he, he saw Jesus from a worldly point of view. He, he said, he can't be the Savior of the world. He isn't God. And so he killed Christians. He, he did anything he could to defeat the name of Jesus Christ. And, and it says all of us have that view of God. When we see Jesus from a worldly standpoint, when we say he's only a good teacher or, or he's just a prophet or uh, he's not really God. And maybe you say, well, I'm not anti-God. I'm not really against Jesus. I'm just, Paul says, until you come to the place where you see Jesus from, a, from God's view and not from a worldly view, you, you won't be in Christ and you won't view the world the way 
you're to view it. You, you won't see the kingdom of God through your eyes. Because we like to focus on what we can just see. And when we see, the ma- when we see the manger, we think weak. But you know what? You have to interpret the manger through the throne. You have to interpret the manger through the cross and through the resurrection when Jesus raises himself from the dead. Because if he can do that, greatest act in all history, he can raise you. And so he says, Paul says, you've got to have a new view. You, you, you've, you've got to begin to see Jesus for who he really is, not from a worldly perspective who says he's weak and, and he's not God, but, but begin to see him as the universe, the creator of the whole universe, to, as the king of all, the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Begin to see him that way. And, and Jesus, by the way, made it real easy for us to do that because he gave us his word, which is like amazing. As you begin to read his word, you're like, God, there had to be a God that created this. And, and all through scriptures, you know what happened? Jesus validated himself when he was here by doing miracles and teaching with authority. And then he did die on the cross and he rose from the dead and he validated that he really is God. And, and so we don't have to see him from a worldly point of view. And, and, and your life won't change and neither will anybody else's until you come to that place where you're in Christ, where you see him as the only way to be changed the only way to be in the kingdom of God, to go to heaven. And then it says, we're going to see ourselves in a new way. He says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, that means you have that relationship with Christ. You've let him be leader of your life. You've stepped into this relationship with him. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone. The new is here. You see, God just doesn't forgive your sins. He doesn't just like cover you up with a tarp so nobody can see you anymore. You can't see your own. No, he works from the inside out. He goes right to the heart of the problem, which is your heart. And and he remakes you. He restores you to the image that you were. Every one of us have probably had a project where we took something that was broken and fixed it. Where we took something and we kind of cleaned it up and made it new. That's what God does with you. See, he's not willing to let any of us go, so he reclaims us from the scrap heap. He restores us back to the original, what he made us to be before we ever sinned, before we ever messed up. And and God says you're to see yourself that way. I I want you to see yourself in the remade version, not the old version. I I love the story of Paul. He killed Christians, and he's on the road to Damascus to go kill some more, and he has an encounter with Jesus. Like, like, if you haven't had one yet, I just want you to know, Jesus, he he wants to have an encounter with you. He's going to set up an encounter with you, and it can go one of two ways. You can say yes to him, or you can reject him. Paul begins to see Jesus for who he really is. He's seen him from a worldly viewpoint, but now all of a sudden he realizes he's God, and and I'm messed up. And, And so... In that moment, God changes his heart. He makes him new. He restores him back to who he ought to be. And you know what he does? God changes his name from Saul. That was his name then, to Paul. It, there, there was a name change. In those days, names like were more than a label. It was like, this is your character. And so he changed the character of Saul, and he put him to Paul. God wants to do that in your life. And he wants you to live life as Paul, not Saul. Not looking back to where you were, but looking ahead. You see, we tend to live out what we see in ourselves. We live out how we see ourselves. And so if you see yourselves as broken, if you see, your, you see yourself as, as corrupted, as not remade, th- then you're going to live that out. And it's not only going to impact you, but it's going to impact the people around you. It's going to impact your effectiveness in the kingdom 
of God. So the question I have for you this morning, are you looking out the front window or are you looking in the rearview mirror? Or are you looking at the front window of what God has done in your life or are you looking at what you used to be? I heard a story about a, a girl named Christina. She lived in Brazil and she lived in this one room house with her mom. She slept on a pallet. It was pretty modest. You know, there was a wash basin, there was a, a wood stove. Like there just wasn't a lot there. And she felt like there's not a lot for me in life. And so she decided one day she was just going to run away. She was going to go find the brighter light. She was going to go find the more in life. It couldn't be here. And so she ran away. And her mom knew that a young girl her age, without the ability to make money, is going to fall into the wrong place and into the wrong hands. And she she just mourned that. And so she went and got a a bus ticket. She went to the city where she knew she'd go. And and along the way, she stopped at a drugstore. She had some pictures made. Those little wallet kind of deals. And and then she wrote on them all the way as she took this bus trip in. She got to the the city and she began to go to every place that she knew her young daughter could end up. Bars and hotels, places like that. And she pasted this picture just all over on mirrors and on bathroom sinks and wherever else she could find. After about two weeks, she was out of pictures and she was out of money. And... And so she went home. Her heart broke. Her, her daughter, a couple weeks later, broken, empty from where she had gone, what she had become, where she had, what she had done, was coming down the steps of a hotel lo- room or into the lobby. And, and she happened to glance up, and there was a mirror there, and there was a picture, and she's like, it looked familiar. She walked over, and it was, it was a picture of her mom. And so she took it, and she turned it over, And there were some words on the back. I said, dear Christina, it doesn't matter what you've become. It doesn't matter where you've gone. It doesn't matter what you've done. I love you. Come home. And with that, Christina did. You know, I think that's the message. And that's what Jesus says to you today. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter what you've become. It doesn't matter where you've been. Jesus says, come home. Did you know the Bible says that the Father has sent Jesus to be with us so that we would know him, and he is the exact representation of the Father. So he is the Father's picture, and he posts it all over this world in so many different ways and through his word. And in it, he's used a lot of words to say, I love you. And it doesn't matter. We're going to move beyond that. I'm going to reclaim you. And I want to restore you to the original image that I made you. And and the possibility that existed in your life before this shame and before this guilt. And Jesus says, and Paul says through his word, you are to see yourselves in a new way. Stop looking out the rearview mirror and start looking to who God made you to be. You see, we don't see ourselves from an earthly point of view. We don't see Jesus from an earthly point of view. And when we begin to see ourselves the way we're supposed to, guess what? We're going to see others in a new way. You and I are going to see others in a new way. You know, often when we look around the world, 
we see others in, with labels, right? I mean, it, it, it's pretty common for us to see others with labels, the haves and the haves-nots, those who are dirty, those who are clean, th those who are, uh, you know, um, maybe are, are connected to us in some way or look like us and those who don't. We, do see, we maybe see distinctions like nationality or ethnic origin or gender or, or all those kind of things as reasons maybe we don't associate. Maybe it's socioeconomic status. Maybe it's, it's, uh, it's the job that they have. And God says, I, I want you to move beyond that. Like, that's not how I want you to define each other. That's not how I want you to see each other. See, I want you to rise above every label. Every label. I want you to rise above that. I want you to see beyond that. I, I don't want you to evaluate people in the way that you've evaluated them before. When I was in the military, I, I was in M1 tanks. They were a lot of fun. Uh, man, this, they, they were fast. They were powerful. They, it was fun to shoot. Yeah, it was fun to shoot the gun because it shot real bullets. <laughs> it was fun. But I remember something about that. When, when you're in the gunner's sights, and it was pitch black out, and you couldn't see anything. They had this little switch you could flip. It took a few minutes in those days, but you could flip on the thermal imaging unit. And when you flip the thermal imaging unit, and all of a sudden, everything that was black came to life. And anything that had a heat signature, whether it was a body, whether it was a, a weapon barrel that was hot, whether it was an exhaust, it didn't matter what it was. If it was hot, all of a sudden, it came to life. And all of a sudden, what was black was like very visible like you could see it when you couldn't see it before i i tell you what when you begin to see jesus for who he really is not from a worldly view but from who god made him to be who he how he defines himself when you begin to see yourself from the front mirror uh, or the front windshield instead of the rear view mirror about who god created you ultimately to be and, and the place that he has for you when you begin to do that you'll begin to see the possibility in other people and and when you do that, you'll, you'll go beyond the labels. It'll almost be like the thermal imaging unit came on, and you can see them for, for who God created them to be. You can see the possibility. And no longer do you use the label to define them. No longer do you use the label to push away from them, but you begin to see beyond that. And you begin to have a love that God has for them. That's what the kingdom of God is all about. That's what the kingdom of God is all about, to see God in a new way, to see ourselves in a new way, because that allows us to see others in a new way. And so the question I have for you today, who are you seeing less than they really are? Who, who are you seeing as less? Maybe it's a politician. Maybe it's somebody from a, another nation or another race. Maybe it's somebody in, in a different part of the city from you or, or, or in a different livelihood. Whatever, whatever it might be, I want to encourage you to begin to see him in a new way because that's what the kingdom of God is all about. If you really want to be in the kingdom of God, you've got you, you to have a new view. Throw on the imaging unit and begin to see people as God sees them. Because here's what it says. I think in pretty clear terms, we, are, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. And the world defines all of us. You, me, and they, they define us in such small limited terms but god defines us in a whole new way and when we see jesus as he really is as we see ourselves as we really are remade in him and restored and reclaimed from the scrap heap we begin to see others in a new way guess what 
it gives us a new purpose. It just gives us a new purpose. We all of a sudden begin to see what our real purpose in this world is all about. It just becomes crystal clear. Did you know you, you weren't, you weren't a, a, a universally created as your topmost priority, as your, as your greatest purpose to be a father or mother, to, 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 to be a businessman or, or, or to be a politician or, or, or to be a homemaker or to, to be a student. That, that, that's not your greatest purpose in life. It, it is a great purpose. God has given us those purposes in our lives. But he's put something even bigger than all that. You know what it is? I think, I, I think Paul nails it right here. He says, all this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation, like he's given it to us. He's put it in our hands. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. You know what this passage is really saying? Here's what it's really saying. It's not just about you. If I boil it all down, that's where it's at. He says, we can't live for ourselves alone. That's what Paul's saying here. We've been given the ministry of reconciliation. Like we've been given this great purpose in our life. It's the greatest gift and the greatest thing you can do with your life. All the other things should be a foundation to do this very thing. I don't care what job you have, what career you're in, what family you find yourself or situation. This is your greatest purpose. It's what God's give you when you have a new view, no matter what you're doing. This is it. You see, we need to be reconciled to God. All of us do. Look what Jesus says in Colossians. We, we read this through Paul's writing. He says, once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior. See, the reality is you and I, when, when we aren't in Christ, when we haven't said yes to Jesus as our Savior, you know what? The Bible says we're enemies. It says it in multiple places very clearly. And some of us think, well, I'm not really, I'm not anti-God. I'm not like, you know, I, I'm not, I don't have any, I just don't want anything. The Bible's very clear. If you aren't in Christ, if you haven't said yes to him, you're an enemy of Jesus Christ. You've pushed him away. And when you're doing your own thing because you're evil behavior, there is, there's a rebellion going on. There's a pushback. There's a, there's an anger. There's, there's more there than you ever realize, and that needs to be reconciled. It's not God needing to be reconciled to us. It's us needing to be reconciled to him. You see, reconcile, reconciliation is about bringing people back into relationship. It's about restoring us into relationship, and we can't restore ourselves to God. That's why Jesus died on the cross, because we can't pay the price. We can never be righteous enough. We can never do enough good. We can never purify ourselves. And so Jesus, the perfect sacrifice, died on the cross so you and I, we can be reconciled to him, that, that we would no longer have to be enemies so, so that we could have, we could have a, a day where we live in heaven, not only then but now. And he says, we have been given the ministry of reconciliation, Paul says. We are therefore ambassadors 
for Christ. That, that's what we are. That, that's what we do. You see, an ambassador is a representative of the king. He, he's authorized to go and share what the king wants him to share. You know what you've been authorized to share? His grace. The ministry of reconciliation. Man, you can't give a greater gift. It's even better than a Winans gift card. I, I, it's a whole lot better. A whole lot more eternal. You see, there's no greater gift than you can give than the ministry of reconciliation, helping someone be reconciled to God, to be his ambassador. Because what ambassadors do, they go knock on the door. They, they build relationships with people, and they, they share what the king wants them to share. They don't make it up. They share what the king has given them to share. And you know what the king has given them to share? Grace. Unmerited free favor. Like, I'm going to pour this grace, and I'm going to pour forgiveness on these people. I'm gonna, I want to restore them back. I'm going to recreate them back to the original that's what you get to offer the world. You're his ambassadors in the terms of free grace. And Paul says this, for Christ's love compels us. Like our love for him, and I think his love for us, I think it's a two-way street, compels us to do this. It's because of his love for us, and, and I came up with this little Muhammad Ali statement, if you aren't compelled, you have rebelled. I, I thought it sounded good. I was really like trying to work on that. I think, but the reality is, if you aren't living out this ambassadorship, if you aren't into the ministry of reconciliation with the world, if you aren't viewing people in the right way so you can do that, you've rebelled because you've rebelled against your primary purpose that God's given you. You, you really have. When the Civil War ended at Appomattox, Grant was there as the ambassador, really, for the United States, even though he was the general. I, I love reading about the Civil War. It's, just, it's, it's fascinating to me, not, not, not the, the blood and the guts so much, but just the, the strategy, the, what was all happening, how it was working, how, how people could get like that who were neighbors and friends and brothers. It just, just, and, and as I read through, it, it came to the place where the North had, had, had at that point defeated the South. Like there was one army left and they were trapped and they were hungry. They were starving. They, they had no more resources. It was over. The only thing they could have done is fought a retreat and end up all dead. And, and that's where it was at. So Grant and Lee come together at Appomattox, right? And so they're there and Grant holds all the cards. And Lee has none. And he knows it. And in the middle of all that, Grant could have socked it to those from the South. But you know what he does? As an ambassador for the North, as an ambassador for the Union, they offer grace. They said, if you will lay down your arms, if you will rejoin the Union and won't be in rebellion, we'll let it all go. And we want you to come back. And, and in a moment, it allowed a restoration of a nation that otherwise wouldn't have been restored was it perfect was it easy no but grant was a true ambassador to all those who had fought against the north and against the union i want you to know that there are a lot of people fighting against god today you could see it all around you and so they've turned to a lot of other solutions they say jesus really isn't god they see him from a worldly viewpoint so so they haven't put their trust in him they put their trust in a lot of other things and there are a lot of people who are walking, and, 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 and God's done a, a, an amazing work in their life, and yet they're looking at the rearview mirror, and they're not looking at the front. They're not seeing the majestic things God wants to do in their life. And so because they don't see their self 
as remade and, and restored as the way and, and, and a valuable, valuable person in the kingdom of God, they, they aren't able to see others in the, with the lens of possibility. And God says, I want you to stop viewing everything from a worldly viewpoint. I want you to start seeing it from God's viewpoint because that's what the kingdom of God is all about. You and I, our main purpose in life is to be an ambassador of the king. An ambassador of the king. And you go in his name. You go in his name with his authority and with his power to people. And you share the grace of God. And the kingdom of God, as a nutshell, is people reconciled to the king, all of us, people reconciled to the king, living for him, offering that same reconciliation to others. It's people who have found bread, starving people who have found the bread of life, who have, who have found who God is and, and what the answer is, sharing that bread with other starving people. That's what the kingdom of God is all about. Can, can you imagine a world where you and I begin to see God the way he really is? And maybe even as a follower of Christ, you've said, I'm not, I, I really, yeah, yeah, I've got some limitations about who God is. I begin to see him for who he defines himself to be. And then begin to see yourself as God created you to be, restored. And then you begin to see others. Instead of the labels, you begin to see them for who God created them to be. Can you imagine the kingdom of God just like exploding? Because I want you to know the kingdom of God is within us. And it spreads like friendship bread. And if we'll be the ambassadors and we'll have these new views of who we are and who God is and who others are, like the kingdom of God can happen and heaven can come down to earth. And so I challenge you, pray this prayer. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And may it be done through me. May I be the ambassador you've called me to be. May I live out my highest purpose. For some of you this morning, I'll just tell you what your first step is. You're not in Christ. You've never saw Jesus for who he really is, for what he really can do in your life. You've never said yes to letting him be the leader of your life, to letting him sit on the throne of your heart. You never let him be king. You've never said yes to his forgiveness in your life and his restoration. This morning, just say yes. Jesus, forgive me. Come in and live in my life. Sit on the throne of my heart guide me, lead me. That, that's your decision today, because until you view Jesus correctly, you can't view yourself correctly, and you won't view others correctly. For some of you, you got to stop looking out the rearview mirror, and you got to start seeing who God has created you to be. And, and maybe there's some things you got to get out of your life, because you can't see God clearly. You can't see the front window, because you got too much junk in. Maybe it's time to move some stuff out of the way. And Jesus says, Jesus says, no matter what you've done, no matter where you've gone, no matter what you become, I love you, and I'll restore you, and I'll forgive you. Come home, and I'm going to make you new. And when I make you new, you're going to be able to see everybody else in a new way. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you that heaven truly can come to earth in our lives and through us. Lord, we don't have to wait till you beam us up when time ends, when you come back, when we die. But Father, 
we can see kingdom of heaven. We can see heaven on earth right now in us. And, and as much as we're ambassadors for the kingdom, Father, we can see it spread. We, we can see your will be done here right now. And boy, do we need that. Father, would you change us? Would you reveal to us what you want us to do? And Lord, we know your will. Would you just give us the courage and the strength to do it? Would you help those who need to start this journey with you say yes to you this morning? Would you help others who have been caught in this place where they don't love themselves, where they feel the guilt and the shame, and, and they don't feel worthy to be able to, to be an ambassador for you? Would, you? would you help them see that you've remade them? And then would you give them new eyes for the world? Would you give us all new eyes for the world that we would see the possibility in who you've created these people to be? Or would you help us to love them in ways we never loved them before? Father, that's your kingdom of God. Thank you for teaching us. Thank you for showing us in these four weeks what you cared so much to teach about when you were here. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for being with us. And we ask all this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Man, I have enjoyed this four weeks because I have never spent as much time understanding what the kingdom of God is all about. And it is a beautiful thing living in us. Go carry it out to the world. God bless you. Thanks for joining us today. To stay up to date with our weekly messages, make sure you subscribe and follow us on social media. You can check us out on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, or download our app to stay connected to all things the Valley. And if today's message impacted you, share it with a friend because change lives, change lives.